0: Hello and welcome back to the show, where we talk about shows with our friends. Thank you, friends, for joining us as we talk about episodes two and three of The End of the Fucking World on Netflix. It was also a co-production possibly with Channel 4, but definitely from the UK. This was a show that Eli chose, so Eli, let's get ready to talk about episodes two and three from season 1 of end of the
1: f***ing world,
0: world. <laughs> <sighs> 2 and
1: 3 just kind of flow together don't they steve and i don't know if you watch them back to back but i know i did definitely definitely back to back back to back and they do also you know kind of pick up where we left off a bit but they are as we talk about these first three episodes in a lot of series is, um, sometimes one and two feel like a complete sort of couplet. We talked about even the intentionality behind releasing one and two sometimes as with Atlanta, this one feels more like two and three are like really a, a complete, you know, follow up to one. And I'm glad that we watch the first three episodes of any show because I feel like you need to get to the end of three to understand the scope of this wild show. So we talked in the pilot about this uh, and the theme and subject matter and focus and a lot of stuff about the characters. And now two and three takes this much deeper into the characters and what's going on uh, mentally What's going on in their lives at this moment And as we said, you know, they are they are kids really And um, kids with troubled or tough home lives to some degree So having said all that, Steve Two and three really get us into the story and into their world and I'm interested, especially uh, on the heels of the pilot, uh, what you thought of two and three, and where the story and characters went. And you know, starting as we go into two, just how did you feel going on this ride with James and Alyssa?
0: Yeah, it was cool. I it definitely evolved beyond what my expectations were after watching the pilot or my first impressions. And I will say that this show, out of all the shows we watched so far, it's probably the most like cinematic. And there was the most feel that these three episodes combined were the first part of a movie. And if you look at it like time-wise, you know, it's about an hour or under even that we've watched so far. Right. And it really feels like, and we talked about Wes Anderson, talked about Harold Mudd, and just sort of these more cinematic influences for this show. But I feel like after watching these first three episodes, that I've watched the first hour of a of a feature film, and and that's what it feels like, and it's cool.
1: Yeah, and they even are really uh, clever, aren't they? In the, in two, and that the, at the beginning, really, um, you know, the scene that unfolds, and they're looking at the car after crashing, and he's like, "Do you think it's going to catch fire?" And she says, <laughs> Alyssa says that only happens in movies, uh, and
0: then it does explode." Yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool sequence, and
1: really funny. She, and,
0: and, uh, yeah, and I do like that they they did this great setup of being like, we got to get out of this town, you know we're at the end of the fucking world, and their home lives were just there was just something so unsatisfying, dangerous, unsafe, ungrounded, unhealthy, right? Ultimately for the two of them, and they set off on this journey together in at the end of one, right? So it's just like yeah. you really. And that's why I kind of come back to this notion of it having more of, like, a film structure, you know, that you were were just really set off with these two. And I would, if it was a movie, I'd be in, you know, I'd be in for whatever the next hour, hour and a half would be if it was a long movie. Um, So I definitely um, dig the turn that happened, you know, by the end of three where we find where we find these two characters and with, I'm sorry, is it James? James, yeah. Specifically, yeah. Yeah. What's happened? How they set up in two, this, they explored his inability to act Mm -hmm. in sort of dangerous situations. And then in three, him, you know, being in a situation where he had to act to save her, which I I, I, I found, I think it's cool to set up a challenge for a character and then, or an obstacle, and then have them overcome it. sort right. of later on. But I would say, and it's cool to watch this on the heels of Atlanta, which at times was linear, but really went all over the place. Totally. To go to this where the story is just continuous and happening, you know, all in real time and right after one right after another.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we really get the sense that this may be the first time James has done anything bold himself period right like you know Alyssa's been kind of driving his movements and actions through one and two largely and or sort of (laughs) criticizing you know just whatever you want to call it criticizing shaming browbeating him into actions you know and he's we get to hear his inner dialogue monologue a bit too so we understand that he's he doesn't want to look, you know, weak or not up to the part in Alyssa's presence. So she's pushing him. And then, yeah, at the end of three, we come to this moment where he finally just has to act. And I think also, you know, we are getting a very introspective, literally, right? Introspective look into James's mind and they set it up so well. This whole you know killer, uh, killer of animals. Like him, is he or isn't he going to kill Alyssa? And now, by the end of three, we've seen this turn, and it's also preceded by the scene prior to that at the house, right, where she brings home a random guy, Topher, and James is starting to feel something, right? He says, like, yeah. I think Alyssa's starting to make me feel things and of course in the first one he explains why he burned his hand right he just wanted to feel something and yeah as you're saying it's we really are seeing in real time these changes and it is very cinematic and the pacing and i wonder steve three episodes like we said about under an hour there's only five more right so i think this could be watched as like a two and a half hour movie and i wonder I definitely think so. yeah i wonder if they plan that obviously there's that reference to like this isn't a movie but maybe yeah. it actually is that's uh really astute and i always notice the cinematic nature but not that actually that like technically this feels like a movie and we've just watched act one
0: right yeah, yeah. and what and what happens now when people develop a story, is like there's just so many options for what it could be. It could be a movie. It could be a, a TV series that has multiple seasons. It could be a TV event or right. a miniseries. Like you know, so it's so it's conceivable that this was crafted as like a could be either of these things, and then this is how it landed, and this is the entity that wanted to produce it in this form. You know, so it's yeah. I think it. I think it landed very well and we talked about this too just the freedom that netflix and and these streamers sort of allow the creators to explore so having this ability to tell a story over eight short episodes that really knowing that people are gonna have the content all right there binge it all in once and likely watch an entire thing over a few nights or you know a day a rainy day or something so it's like Absolutely. They really. I feel like they, they totally sculpted it for that and it is like a two hour long movie event. And I'm glad you brought up the, the line to the pilot when he put his hand in the fryer as a child and, and I really see him sitting in the chair when she brings home the random guy and he's like, I'm starting to feel something. And I enjoyed that turn for both of them because she was sort of pushing the envelope of being kind of a snarky young girl you know like pushing everyone's buttons doing everything but then there was a real shift when she realized that she didn't want to actually hurt him even though his vulnerability so I feel like what's going on with him is like he doesn't you know he talks about it in his inner monologue this is is what girls want. They want you to be confident, or this is what I'm supposed to say. And then what's happening right. in two and three is these real vulnerabilities and short gaps for him. And he's revealing more of himself. And at times I think it translates as hurtful or rejecting her. Mm-hmm. Right? Or that's how she receives it. Like she's feeling rejected. So she yeah, goes out and meets some random guy and brings him back. But I think what's forming here are these real feelings between the two of them that they're sort of wrestling with. Yeah. And I liked that she didn't go through with it. And then at the end, in the most sort of gory way, it's revealed that they're in fact both virgins and this has all just been a big front of... sexual confidence or you know whatever whatever it's been up to this point they are in fact in the exact same place of vulnerability and um drenched in like blood of standing over like a bloody body it was it was it was a remarkable sort of final scene and to share a personal moment with somebody or reveal some this personal thing he's like so you're a virgin and she's like yeah and she's just covered in blood it was it was it was a really funny last moment an image and it for for someone like me who's not really down with the m- murderer journey, you know ultimately um this stylized version of it, and then having this twist where it was like a hero act, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting, right, so the whole time I was thinking, and they did a really good job of. I don't know if they were thinking about somebody like me watching the story, but they did a good job of winning over somebody like me by making putting them in such a like predatory situation with like a live monster. Right. C- coming into the den, you know what I mean? And him closing the door and just, you knew from the pictures, you knew from the revelation that this was danger and he's hiding under the bed and like super scared and she's super scared and, you hadn't seen that with everything that she's been through up until this point, you haven't seen fear in her in, yeah. yet in the series. And so that I found that whole sequence to be really uh powerful and action packed and Action packed for sure. It's Yeah. And then and then cinematic too, just the visual, like the red and, and it was oh, yeah. it was the whole sequence was incredible.
1: Well and you know, I don't know how many exact minutes is it? it is but the close yeah. of this third episode from essentially james coming into the bedroom right mm-hmm. he lies down on the floor as sort of like maybe his final thought of like holding her, her hand
0: her. he's like holding her hand yeah though. yeah so that goes away so he's like i'm he's like a, i like her right a, you know what i mean yeah it's that exactly that it's shift, like the final that shift flash
1: of what he could have done but he's He's gone beyond. He lies down. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, you know, stay close to her, and he holds her hands, right? And then, yeah, slips under the bed as he hears uh, the guy whose house it is return, and the whole reveal of him finding those Polaroids and the camera um, is—it's really almost you know, not swept under the rug, but there's so much happening and packed into those last few minutes of action from her coming home with Topher through the end. I think it's like three minutes. I mean, it's so fast and furious and they are, I think it's, yeah, it's much more movie-like than show-like as well, the way they tell that story, the way they reveal that and that it all just sort of happens rather than, I think other TV shows might have, like, they would find the pictures in the camera and be like, oh, my God, whose house are we in? Like, they would stoke the yeah. fear first, then he would come home. You know, it would be, like, a little more drawn out. But the way that this all just happens and then, as you were saying, we're left in this final these final moments of them, you know, just really laying it all out to bear, right? Like... Well, I'm actually a virgin, well, me too. Yeah, no, duh. I'm, you know, I'm going to find my dad. You can come if you want, right? Like, it's all, they put it all on the table. All the cards are out now. And yeah, I'm glad that, um, yeah, that you did enjoy and sort of get to that place of like, oh, wow, okay, this is a hero act now. And I really think at this point, you know, there is sympathy for them and empathy for them. And um, I think in my mind, we sort of gone beyond them being, you know, the actual uh, evil doers or killers in this story, it seems. But who knows? It's very complex, Um, the whole, you know, episode two with the guy that picks them up. Uh, touching James and, you know, making James touch him. And it's just, it's yeah. very creepy. Uh, creepy. It's very, like, um, morally, not necessarily even ambiguous, but it's just a mess, uh, both, like, you know, their sort of irreverence for anything, but what's actually happening to them. Like, they're sort of the yeah. victims, even if as they're going about, you know, sort of saying fuck you to everything. And it's,
0: it's set up this sort of protective relationship of each other for her to just bomb into the bathroom and like actually crash like recognize something was off and like go in there wasn't like yeah you know and and break it up and yeah. confront the guy i thought you know and and then so that relationship so that and all that adds up at the end when he reciprocates it and saves her life ultimately you know yeah um like getting this guy that's no what was really cool and powerful about it was there was, we didn't linger with that evil force. We didn't like, there wasn't some drawn out battle. It wasn't like, you know, there was just this moment where things were dire and just like the bathroom. She goes in there, breaks it up. She's yeah. being attacked, and he's like, bam one shot to the neck like he'd been training for that he certainly had been thinking about how would somebody kill somebody you know what i mean and then it was just he had to just act and then he was forced into a place where it was just total instinct or total like one shot just one shot killed him and it was it was um very powerful you know just like a empowering moment and then they're standing there but i agree it was it it was a journey and i don't necessarily want to like label it as any kind of misdirect but the journey of them you know and i mentioned harold and maude but i think as they set off in their journey it was almost kind of a bonnie and clyde possibility for them as well oh, and right. they're break robbed a guy and they're breaking into a house and they're just kind of off and it's like how far are they gonna go with like bending the rules here breaking the laws of the land and uh and this is how far they went but they but it but they were they Had to do it right. to survive, and and yeah, and even if they were to then not that I think they're going to do this, but if they were just going to call the police right now and be like, Here's all the information, I feel like the police would be like, Okay, these kids got it over their head, and yeah, this was self defense, and they, you know what I mean? I feel like, right, there wouldn't really be consequences for them at this point.
1: Well, if they have the you know evidence of this guy's, yeah, exactly wrongdoings, right, like you'd think, um, yeah. And of course, uh, you know we won't won't talk about what happens next
0: because Steve doesn't know. But well, I don't know, yeah. But I will say, and not to bury the lead, yeah, because we wait to the end to decide. But I, spoiler alert for shows with friends, I do want to keep watching this. And I'm, what what's interesting about it, and is different from all the shows we've watched, is I'm thinking about how I want to consume like the next five episodes. I'm like, all right, do I want to watch two in a row? And then the final three, do I want to watch a three chunk? And then the final two is like right. a little that thing. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily have the time to kind of just sit down and watch all five episodes at once. Although I could see that
1: that could be fun. happening, <laughs> happening
0: possibly <laughs> like if, in an evening kind of like, it's like, all right, I started this at eight and yeah, I could wrap this up by like yeah. 11 or whatever, 1030. Yeah. Well, I will say
1: that, um, yeah, I'm excited to to continue watching, of course, and excited that we have gotten into this show and really are appreciating what it does really well. And I think it's, you know, if we had to guess whether or not they
0: call the police immediately... Um, well, the police. So his dad called the police. I mean, dad there's, there's the great police. story elements happening here. Like things are in motion. Yeah. there people are after them or know about them now. Yeah, there's a dead body in the house that they don't. Yeah, the, belong to her own. The walls teenagers. are <laughs> yeah. creeping in. Teenagers. Right,
1: we're at like the outset of two. They were like escaping, kind of, and now.
0: Yeah. Um, and there's no clarity around her father. What kind of reception they would even receive right. by him just right. showing up you know like yeah. there's been no relationship there there's no invitation to come
1: her mom is not yet ready to step up um so there's not her mom about, is the worst no help coming from there his dad's finally just you know seemingly at his wits end and has got a report the you know yeah. car stolen and so yeah i think there's a a lot of a lot of possibilities for what happens next. But, you know, as you said, this sort of become a Bonnie Clyde with a turn, Bonnie and Clyde with like a turn. Right. And, um, I think they set out just all on bravado, right? Like they've now revealed that they're both virgins. They're both clueless, really what to do in a way, you know, they're, yeah, uh, they were mostly just, um, surviving on bravado. And now, it got real and Mm -hmm. we're going to see what happens and what they do collectively, you know, and individually in this situation.
0: Yeah. And it's cool. It got real and he had to defend her and he had to kill what they set up as a real bad guy, you know, so that it was a major shift where these kids were, they were sort of the bad ones. They were breaking into houses and they were, but they've, but they've, even within the second episode with the the veteran the creepy veteran guy, like they're just they're putting them up against these sort of evil forces and making them really holding them up as the protagonists mm-hmm. right of this story and that was cool because not much of that was very clear from the watch of the pilot. It was more like teen angst and you know. Americans watching the show teenagers can go to dark places they there's a sort of like intense reality yeah of of sort of youth life in America and so I just didn't know where this was gonna go and right. um, the you know there's a, an appreciation I have for uh, cinema from the UK and and stories and narrative narrative stories that come out of England and and i feel like this is using a lot of the best of those those storytelling elements and styles that you see from a lot of these shows and also keeping it fairly original and and in a in a, a great pace and tone you yeah. know there's just a lot to appreciate from a cinephile cinematic tv tv loving watching person like yeah myself to dig so i'm um I feel like this was an excellent choice, especially given everything we've watched sort of so far up until uh, for people who've been listening to the podcast, um I hope you're appreciating this as much as I have in the scope of all the shows that we've watched,
1: yeah, and I think it's interesting how it lined up where we you know watched uh a typical Atlanta and now this and yeah. It's fascinating sometimes to think about the you know struggles and things Sam from Atypical was dealing with as an eighteen year old on the spectrum in America, and then you think about James and who knows what you know in the U.S. Um, he might be diagnosed as uh, right. what sort of mental health uh, help or support or you know, information he might have been uh, given access to or shared with. There's obviously a very different reality, and though these shows are all set literally in the same, you know, they're all current shows, right? Atlanta, Atypical, The End of the Fucking World, they're all set seemingly in this time, but they're such different realities, and while Atlanta plays with reality while showing a very different reality than either of, uh, these shows, the contrast between them is really interesting. And then the similarities between James and Sam, for example, right? Like they're both virgins. They both are, you know, have incredibly hard time socially. They both, um, aren't able to express their feeling. You know, there's just, you could draw these parallels, um, between their experiences, yet it's, so vastly different and a lot of that is simply the setting but also how unique and how intense the storytelling is um like you said we start out thinking like what is this about these like you know crazy kids who go around murdering things like no this is about showing how they're actually victims and they're Mm. in this dark world that's really out to get them at every turn. And it's a moral uh, and emotional ride, that is for sure. And, you know, through these first three, sort of a seesaw of, you know, what is going to happen and are they going to be the victims or the victimizers, right? Mm. Um, But I do think... As you know you were saying, we get to a point at the end of three uh, where we've really taken a turn, and now, they have killed someone. I mean they are they broke into someone's house and killed them, and they're covered <laughs> in blood at the scene of the crime yeah. so uh quite a place to leave us at, and I am excited to continue rewatching uh
0: this first season yeah one of the images that sticks with me is when he was in the closet to get something and then it zoomed in on like all the ammonia or the whatever there was like these big vials of things that this guy used to like clean up his tracks Mm. so like there's this notion of like huh like i you know how they, they kind of maybe set up that my my mind is like, are they actually gonna like clean this up efficiently and like move on and just not <laughs> this isn't something that you know it's I don't know that it it's all very interesting and it it's very intriguing and i I love what you just brought up that these these kids who had these terrible terrible home lives it's like in a way it's sort of an example of what happens when you don't have like solid family support or that kind of foundation in your life then you're just left to the harsh realities of the world and yeah including school right yeah including
1: these institutions and people and figures that are supposed to be kind and nurturing and helpful and there's they're getting nothing from anyone right all they're getting is uh bullied Predatory behavior, people trying to take advantage of them, people trying to
0: rape them literally, yeah, just well they're up. yeah, and now they're fighting back and and for whatever it is in, as much as this is a pickle <laughs> that they're in now that there is a honesty, everything's out there right between them, yeah, to create a real relationship because they're now on the same footing and they're honest with each other and also um they are powerful and they are taking care of themselves and they are meeting these dangers with with action and it's and it's it's cool I'm interested to see you know where it goes from here indeed
1: indeed well we will have to just continue watching to see
0: and yeah uh, so all our friends at home I just want to officially invite To watch the rest of season one of End of the Fucking World available on Netflix.
1: Join us back.
0: Yeah, join us back here on the podcast for our next episode, and we're going to talk about the rest of the first season. And
1: then Steve will pick a new show. So make sure you listen to the end whenever we do the season one recap wrap-up because we always pick a new show at the end. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that as well. So we'll be back next time to talk more about the end of the fucking world. Thank you to everyone listening. Thank you, friends. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.